Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Are Maroon and Gold, a podcast featuring me, Chandler Ellsbecker. And me, Aaron Williams. Aaron and I made a startling realization today, one that I'm very sad about. And what was that? Um, and this has been a, a while coming, but I think I just, I don't like candy torn anymore. That is too bad. <laughs> I, I don't eat it, but I love it. I, I, I love the, I, I opened the bag today and it was, it had that same feeling. I love the smell still, mm-hmm. but I think I can only do like a small handful of candy torn at a time. Yeah. Which I guess in general, is like part of a larger shift where I like can't just eat bad food all the time. Yeah. Not that you do or did, but... I mean, I, I can put down a pint of ice cream, no problem. But, yeah. like, in general, like, when I was a kid, my portion sizes would be, like, the size of this table we're sitting at here. Yeah. We're in person today. Just me. Yeah. Hooray. Hooray. Um, and whereas now, like, I eat normal portion sizes, if I try to eat more, I regret it. Unless it's... Like some barbecue or something where I'm more able to let myself go. But as a general point, like I feel it, I, I can't just yeah. plow right through a meal and then get a second plate. Yeah, I, I could do that with some things, but you definitely, definitely, I mean, and I've really shifted my eating in the last year to, towards a lot just better. <laughs> and like the cliche is kind of true that like when you eat good, you know, you kind of learn to like it, you know, like. I mean, I, again, I still, I can eat, I could definitely eat a rack of ribs or something. I can eat a lot of meat, no doubt, but some stuff, like, it just doesn't, maybe the candy corn just hits a little different, you know, like, than it did back in the day, you know? Which is weird, because, like, of all the things I would think I'm, I'm going to not, I'm going to like so much less that I notice it, you know, when, I, when I'm when i older. Because, you know, taste buds change, that's just a biological thing that, that happens. But, like, I would have thought... It's just a little ball of sugar, basically. Yeah. Well, that might be it. It's just a little ball of sugar. Which, yeah, maybe that is it. But on the other hand, like, if there's one thing Chandler still likes, it is is sugar Mm -hmm. in as many places as possible. Do you think you could, do you think you could eat one, like, Fun Dip anymore? I don't know if I ever did Fun Dip as a chance to think. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry for for not having a good response here. No, I, I I just think Fun Dip is a thing I don't think I could eat anymore. I I, did, I didn't really very much as a kid. I guess it wasn't like, and it just wasn't around that much. But that that shit was toxic. I don't I don't think. <laughs> sorry for the curse words, of audience. But like that, like was toxic, and I'm I'm fairly certain if I ate it now, it would I'd be KO'd in in all all the bad ways. I don't know what the equivalent would be for me. Just like the things I really liked as a kid, like flavor ice, you know, the, the little frozen. Yeah. Like I, that doesn't, that's just fruit flavored stuff, you know. Yeah, it's so, pretty neutral. Yeah, pretty neutral. I, ice cream has stayed behind, chocolate has stayed behind, even though if I'm not a big milk chocolate person anymore, I like dark chocolate. That's just a different form of chocolate, mm-hmm. you know. So, but I don't know. We were, we were talking before we retort about the ways in which like being an adult is is cool where we have agency and stuff but being an adult is also kind of not cool because yeah like your body doesn't want to enjoy the things it enjoyed when it was no, younger no and you need you need to you need to take care of it in a way that maybe you needed to when you're younger but you're less aware of i don't know yeah certainly less aware of i i weigh less now than i did in high school for example yeah. so you know um, anyway, we're not here to talk about food. 
Martin. We're here to talk about football. We are. The other major tentpole of life. Yep. Um, although it hasn't been too kind to us lately. No, no. That life has been, that life is floundering as, as the football flounders. Three straight losses for the Gophers. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the Penn State loss in a moment, then talk about their upcoming game against Rutgers. As uh, we always do, we will run through the Big Ten stores from last week, though. Iowa State beat Iowa 54-10. Rutgers beat Indiana 24-17. Maryland beat Northwestern 31-24. And Wisconsin continues to beat Purdue all the time. 35-24, the final score there. Um, if nothing else serving as a reminder that, that those Badgers are not dead. Um, but I did not get a chance to watch this Stouffer game live yeah. on Saturday. I was at a wedding, which, um, you know, ha- has its bittersweet moments because, you know, friends in town friends leaving right after all these you know sort of uh, get together type things mm-hmm. um, but it was a much much more enjoyable experience than watching this game the next morning was yes that sounds that sounds about, about right um, and I had the I, I got to come in with no tension because someone spoiled it for me <laughs> the groom of all people spoiled it for me but uh, and I also got to skip through commercials you did not you you just you had to act like it had stakes how was that experience? Well, uh, miserable, miserable. Uh, yeah, I I watched most of it until the midway point in the second half. At which point, I decided to. I was watching it with some friends. We put it on my big uh, my big screen. The weather was really great, so we just thought it'd be fun to do it. Kind of one last hurrah on my big projector screen and. You know, we told ourselves, you know, we'll switch to we'll switch to something Halloween as soon as the game gets out of hand. Obviously, I hoped that that moment wouldn't come, uh, but uh, but it did, and uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty miserable. Not entirely improbable or unexpected, uh, but yeah, certainly not uh, not not great. Although I will say there was less tension, I think. I think I was more outwardly frustrated during the Illinois game. I think this game, because Penn State was a, I think a better opponent, and because the, they're just lower expectations, and there was because we'd already lost those two games, there was less on the line. Again, you have a backup quarterback. You know, it's like, did I really? I mean, we talked last week. I don't know, neither of us expected the Gophers to win. Mm-hmm. We said there was a chance, which there was. Um, we also said it might spiral. Yeah. Which it did. Which it, it took did. maybe a little longer than we thought it might if it was going to, but it did. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I have to say about that. It wasn't great. You know, I'm really hoping for a bounce back against uh, the fight in Scarlet Knights. I mean, from, from this game, it's, it's just it feels like a sort of a more extreme version of some of the problems we've seen the last few weeks where... You've, the last time you got a sack was what the the uh, the Colorado game is that right? I'm not sure. It's been a while. <laughs> Didn't get a sack against Illinois or Purdue or Penn State. Um, your secondary, I thought, played. I thought the corners did pretty well overall, but they still had their moments. I mean, Terrell yeah. Smith kind of got mossed there mm-hmm. on that big touchdown, but also. You know, Mariana Sori Merritt, I think he's a very solid player, but uh, when, when you play a lot of cover two, you need your mind, Mike Linebacker to, to get depth, to be better in coverage than he is, and mm-hmm. 
they went for two big touchdowns against him yeah. the same way, just attacking over the middle right by him in the zone where he should be. Obviously, any passing problems are exacerbated by Ethan Kelly Manis being in his first start. Yeah. And I thought he did better than I feared he would. Obviously, yeah. his stat line's bad. But at the same time, like, he looked like he more or less belonged there and just was in a crappy situation more yeah. than a lot of redshirt freshman quarterbacks might. He definitely didn't look like a deer in the headlights. He definitely looked, uh, I mean, they, they talked about the confidence a lot. Um, he did look confident, though, and he looked somewhat competent. I mean, again, it's obviously that we talked about it as a terrible situation to make your first start in, just like laughably awful. And the play calling, the lack of a run game for the most part, I mean, those things didn't, you know, those things in the defense not really being able to get stops when they needed to. I mean, those things all worked against him. But all else equal, I mean, he, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll grow from that. Yeah, and I think he was put in some really bad positions by that play calling because I think uh, through a few drives they flashed up on the screen like the play selection was like 14 to 2 pass yep. in favor of the run. Yeah. Which I'm sorry, like, if, if like, I, I know I, I said the Gophers should run the ball a bit this game, run the ball first, really, mm-hmm. until Penn State showed they were capable of stopping it. But they showed that almost immediately is the thing. Yeah. Like, I know you've got maybe the best running back in the conference and the sport back there, but he's still just a running back, just the thing. Yeah. He can't make everything happen on his own when you're going up against eight-man boxes. Yeah. Um, and they tried bringing another tight end to, to help, but that didn't really no. increase the space. It kind of did the opposite. Um, like you, does. you you have to you have to establish a passing game to be able to run the ball when everyone knows you're going to run the ball. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't do enough to keep Penn State honest. So whenever they were passing the ball, it was third and long and Penn State is bringing in the house and your offensive line is built to 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 run block. They're yeah. big guys. They they you know they work on run blocking more often because you run the ball so much and you run so much RPO. They're not as good in straight pass sets. This has been an issue with the Dofers offensive line for a few years and they're on their heels and they're not able to handle it and you've got a redshirt freshman quarterback who did I think a really good job of evading pressure from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um but the pressure was always there, and his receivers weren't generating separation. Yeah, that was another thing. I think the receivers were. And I know Dalen Wright wasn't playing, but you been disappointing. Yes, very disappointing after the uh, after the Michigan State game. I guess Michigan State would be the last time he got a sack. Um, yeah. You know, to, to see how many guys contributed in that game and to see no one's really done anything aside from Daniel Jackson against Purdue that one time. It's, yeah. it's been dump-offs to Brevin Span forward. It's been the occasional deeper play, and that's kind of it. Yeah. No one's making themselves available. It's and that's, not a balanced attack that you need. No. You, you need more out of your receiving group. You need more out of your play calling. You need a bit more out of your offensive line. Um, it's all kind of just coming together in a really ugly way. Mm-hmm. So you put all that together and you get a, what is that, a 28-point loss on the road against a team that is still probably one of the 15-ish best teams in the country. Yeah. We'll probably lose by a lot to Ohio State this week. But, but that is not an indictment. That is not an indictment at all. Um, 
a team that legitimately might have a chance against Ohio State. Yes. Which is says a lot about it. Not saying they're going to take that chance, but the fact that they're, they're even in the conversation for having a chance goes to show the kind of talent that Penn State has. Yeah, I, I agree on that front. It will be worth looking at for an hour. Yeah. I, I don't think it'll last beyond that, but the, the point is they've got lots of talent. Um, they've got... I think if you put Sean Clifford in, in a more functional offense... I, I said last week, I think we would talk much more... Uh, um, in a much more complimentary fashion about yeah. him. Um, because I thought we saw basically why he's liked and disliked. Yes, last week. I was going to say. He, he had the best and worst of both worlds, I thought. Yeah. And, and good on Justin Wally for doing an interception. You know, I, I, I do want to highlight here Benny Bishop, his play over the last few weeks. I, yeah. I think he's looked quite good. That That's a good pickup, it looks yeah. like. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just kind of. A bit messy right now, and you've been playing good teams. That's what good teams do. They make they make it make you look messy, and they make your weaknesses a lot more apparent. So, um, the good news is, I still think the Dophers are pretty okay. They're not winning the West, obviously, but they're playing a team that is. Um, it's not quite as one-sided as Iowa. But it's the same kind of one-sided, I guess. They would fit in right in... They, they would fit perfectly into the Big Ten West. <laughs> <laughs> because Rutgers, they've got a great defense. They're great at stopping the run. They haven't played a whole lot of teams who can throw the ball, but they've been, done okay against the teams they've faced in, in defending the pass. And then their offense, mainly their quarterback play, is just direction. Yeah. Which is more than you can than you've been able to say about them in previous years. Oh, absolutely. The the fact that one side of the ball on this team um, is is currently ranked twenty second in SB plus. That is a huge, huge step. Like uh, you know, whatever you can say about Greg Schiano, whether this is working the way that anyone would have hoped for Rutgers, um, you know, I, I thought this would be kind of a, a a bad Rutgers year, but like you know, okay by their standards as of late. Mm-hmm. Like he's establishing a new floor yeah. for this program, and I, I even looked at the offense and think there are pieces there. Like I, I, um, I'm not sure how good their running backs are, but they have a four star freshman running back in Samuel Brown, yeah. um, who certainly has the build of a star running back, even if he's only averaging four point three yards per carry because his line isn't very good. Um, Aaron Crookshank, their receiver. Yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, ex Badger from uh, days ago. Um, he's a very solid player. They they've been doing some good things with Shamine Jones and Sean Ryan lately. And granted, all of those guys are in their last year of eligibility, but like, I don't think they're totally hopeless at the skill positions as uh, a thing. They just their quarterback hasn't stayed healthy. Um, any of them have really stayed healthy. Uh, and the, the the guy who's their number one when he is healthy and he is currently is is Noah Vedral who historically not great. No, no. This year he uh, he's only attempted thirty nine passes, but he's only completed eighteen of them, which is uh, as, as some of you may be aware, less than half. Yes. I think Vedral is very clearly flawed. Just I mean he he's also running for his life a whole lot of the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, and he's been around long enough that I, I think we know what we're getting from him. 
Yeah. Um, last year, 59% completion rate, six yards per attempt, seven touchdowns, seven interceptions, 19 sacks. He can run a bit um, for his career. He's uh, well over 1,000 rushing yards if you remove sack yardage. Um, but I wouldn't say he's uh, just an exceptional run or anything. He's not Adrian Martinez. Um, if the injury that limited him in his return against Nebraska, if that shows up again um, and he has to leave, or if for the reason, you know, we have to see Evan Simon, the backup, I do doubt to give Simon some credit because watching the Iowa game, you will, you will not see a quarterback get annihilated with more frequency than this guy did. <laughs> but he, he stood in there and he, he's not dead. He's not dead. He stood in there. He delivered some throws, many of them bad, but he delivered the throws and kept going. Um, so give him some credit there. He's, he's a he's got he's got the Sean Clifford spirit, if not the Sean Clifford talent. But it, it is worth noting that Rutgers did fire their offensive coordinator a couple weeks ago. Out goes Sean Gleason. In comes former interim head coach Nunzio Campanelli former high school coach, very well connected in the New Jersey area. They looked a bit less like a typical college offense now. There's a lot less shotgun based on the Indiana game. Um, a lot more 12 personnel instead of just one tight end out on the field and then little doses of, of a second one here and there. Um, there's more under center stuff. They've been using um, they've been using Johnny Lingen, their tight end, as, uh, as even like an H-back fullback type guy in, uh, in short yardage um, and they're uh, jo- Joe Rossi this week noted they're moving the pocket a bit to the outside they're really trying to avoid that offensive line much more consciously now and you can see that with how they're running the ball where if they're running it inside it's so frequently off of a jet motion to their side um, they've been handing it off to Crookshank a good bit he got five carries against the Hoosiers but even when they don't hand it to him, they make it so you have to look to the sideline. You know, you did get bodies away from the box, or at least uh, eyeballs away from the box. So that's a shift that is worth looking for. Also, would like to point out Langan, the tight end, um, specifically. You know what he's got going for him. He is. Uh, you may remember that name because the last time these two teams played, Langan was the quarterback. Was he? Yes, he was. Wow. Um, he, uh, just to pull up his stats from that day, he went 9 of 19 for 48 yards and three interceptions, one of which was a pick six to Antoine Winfield. Okay. <laughs> uh, which, depending on how you looked at it, is about equivalent, actually, to his 5 for 13 one-yard performance the pre the week prior against Indiana. Oh, I do. I That guy. Yes. Wow. Good for him. Glad he's found his way. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's their starting tight end. Um, he's also their Wildcat quarterback. They, that makes sense. They went to the Wildcat a whole lot um, against, uh, I think it was the, it was either Nebraska or Iowa, one of the two games I watched. Um, he's thrown 11 passes this season and last, so he will still throw the ball more than, say, Paul Kramer might. So, um, do be wary of that. Uh, I don't, although I guess you, the viewer, doesn't really need to worry about that. <laughs> uh, we do need to also point out old friend Curtis Dunlap Jr. Yep. 
the starting right guard for a pretty experienced director's offensive line that hasn't really been good at anything. Um, they allow a good number of sacks. They don't generate a whole lot of push. Like there, there's so many situations where the quarterback is immediately under pressure or their running back immediately runs into a wall. Um, there's a reason why this team ranks 131st in the college football data.com's explosiveness metric running is that, the ball. Is that good? That's bad. Yeah, it sounds bad. It's bad. You, you How many teams are there at this point? 131. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. No. So, I think you should be able to stop the run here. You do need to be smart. Defend the edge pretty well. Deal with those uh, those those end arounds. Um, I think you need to keep the receivers in front of you because they will they will have a a big passing play along the sideline from time to time to Crookshank or to uh, to Sean Ryan or to Shameen Jones. But I think if you can get pressure on Langdon and if your cornerbacks are staying. Uh, discipline staying on their assignments. I don't think it's going to be a much as much of a worry because you look at a lot of those deeper passes uh, that they've connected on. So many of them have been in situations where the plays have broken down. It's out of structure, and Vedral or Simon is kind of just chucking it up to a guy who is shockingly open on on the boundary. Um, I think I think if you finish sacks early, if you keep if you're able to keep Vedral in the pocket somehow while generating pressure, I think that will make it harder for him to improvise and create some of these big plays. But that requires your pass rush to do its job. Yeah. Uh, defensively, the defensive coordinator is one Joe Harris-Simiak in his first year at Rutgers after a few years with the Dofers as safety's coach. Um, Unsurprisingly, their defense structurally looks a good bit like the Gophers. It's a 4 2 5 with a stand up defensive end on the boundary side. They play a good bit of zone. They uh, don't allow a whole lot of big plays. Very good, very Gopher like. Fair enough. Um, they're very good at stopping the run in particular. Fourth in the country in non sack wow. yards per carry allowed. Uh, success rate allowed against the run, 33rd. Explosiveness, 14th. They're not quite as good against the pass. Uh, they don't sack the quarterback frequently, um, but their cornerbacks have gotten their hands on the ball a handful of times. Max Melton up to four pass breakups. Avery on their safety uh, has uh, five pass breakups and three picks. So they, they do have some disruptiveness in the secondary, but I also would point to the fact that these are the teams they've played so far. Boston College, Wagner, Temple, Iowa, Ohio State, that's the one. Good one. Yep. How the they do there? Uh, they lost by 39, which could be worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, they lost by one to Nebraska. And then Indiana, who, if you've watched enough Connor Bazelak, you know... It's a 50-50 proposition on whether he's going to have a, uh, an accurate pass or not, more or less. So um, it's fair to say they haven't played more than one team that's capable of passing the ball. And obviously the one team that they did is the best team in the country at passing the ball. But I, uh, I do think there is some talent. I think the way you're going to get through is, uh, is by throwing the ball, really, or at the very least establishing a passing game early on. Um, 
if for no other reason then you gotta be able to get your best player into space here mm-hmm. and you're not gonna have that space open to you um, especially if Morgan is out again which I don't yeah. think we've found any indication either way on whether he'll start mm-hmm. um, but if your receivers are able to get openings these guys if you don't take such a conservative approach to the opening of the game um, I think that will do a whole lot for you now, I don't think the Gophers are going to do that, though, so I think yeah. this is going to be a much more low, more low scoring game. Um, what are your thoughts on all this? Yeah, I think low scoring makes sense. Um, if I were to put out a score, I, I feel like I feel like it's going to be close. I, I don't think it probably should be. I think we're probably the better team. I think we match up on both sides fairly well against them. Um, I do worry a little bit about what you were saying as far as the run defense goes, as far as uh, their their run defense, as far as, you know, well, you know, if we if we just pass well against them, because <laughs> we haven't we haven't thrown the ball well, you know, and part of that is structural, you know, and part of that is just, we just haven't thrown the ball. And we might also, again, have a backup quarterback, which probably doesn't help things even if we liked aspects of his game last week. Um yeah, I, I, I don't know. I probably go twenty four seventeen Gophers, or no, probably twenty four twenty even. Just just might be lower scoring than that, but I, I think it's going to be legitimately too close for comfort. We might lose, but probably win more often than not. I uh, I'm a bit more confident. I I looked at Rutgers as so being so inept offensively, and obviously you have not seen the best out of. The Gophers' defense as of late, um, but even then, they say Penn State, Saint Illinois, the Saint Purdue. It's not, and, yeah. and even then, in the Penn State game, I thought the first half the defense looked pretty good overall. Well, again, we talk about the Penn State game. I mean, the defense outside of a few big plays, and they, you know they couldn't get off the field as much as they should have. But I mean, they only gave they only gave up twenty points. Yeah, this was very much a, a situation where. You know, they didn't break off, and it's just the times they did were killers. Yeah. And I, I do think that it's a little alarming that in the second half it seemed to be a little more frequent that they broke. Um, but in general, like, they they were getting tackles for loss. They they couldn't finish sacks, but uh, they were at least sometimes putting Clifford under pressure. I, I think, you know, they weren't getting routinely burned in coverage, mm-hmm. um, at least on the outside. You know, there were positives to take away. This is still a good defense, in my opinion. And you're going up against one of the worst offenses in the conference. Um, so I am going to go with 23-7 uh, to 7 in favor right. of the Gophers. I think the Gophers are going to take three field goals. Um, I, I think they're also just probably not going to be as, address- as aggressive as I think they need to be. And it's probably going to also hurt that... They're probably not going to win the field position battle if they get into such a battle, mm-hmm. because Rutgers does have one of the best punters in the country in Adam Torsak. Uh, I have not watched a ton of him. I've watched plenty of Tory Taylor, uh, so I can tell you Tory Taylor is great. But I, uh, it, I, it's much more hearsay with Torsak. But I did watch enough Rutgers in the last day or two to say, yeah, he is good at his job. So I don't think Rutgers is going to store more than ten points, maybe two touchdowns. If that, um, it's really just a matter of is your offense going to find ways of of beating their defense? Is it going to find ways of moving the ball other than by running? Is your receiving group going to do its job? And are you going to take care of the ball? Because this does feel a bit like a situation going in 
uh, where like the the Bowling Green Illinois strip from last year yeah. feels on the table here. Yeah, where your defense does a great job in, in, against an offense that should absolutely smother, and then your offense it just doesn't hold up. It's in the bargain. Yeah, I I think that's on the table, but I think that's outside of just wonky special teams turnover stuff. I I think those are the only real routes I would say Rutgers has at winning and. The computers, uh, the 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 least optimistic five thirty has an eighty percent chance that Minnesota wins. Yeah, like this is this is very solidly a game you should win. Spreads fourteen points. I would be very disappointed and maybe inconsolable <laughs> if this one doesn't work out. Yeah, this this would be a bad loss. That's that's for sure. At the very least, the weather will be good for probably the last time this year. Yep. Enjoy it while it lasts, folks. Low 60s, uh, sunny, a bit windy, 11 miles per hour, uh, but it's a nice 130 kickoff, which is a bit unconventional, but also mm-hmm. it's in the warmest part of the day, but not so... Yeah, if you're going, there's nothing to complain about. Yeah, I, this is... I, I'm going to enjoy myself, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're sitting at home, Matt Millen will be on the call, so you may not enjoy yourselves quite as much. But Corey Provis is also there, and we like Tori Provis. Yeah. Um, before we get out, I, uh, I did want to mention uh, another couple of connections, obviously, in this game. Just how many, the cross-pollination of these two programs is a bit absurd. It's strange. Where, I mean, it, the, the, it's, it's pretty easy to kind of say if, like, okay, you got P.J. Fleck, he took under Greg Chiano. He hires a lot of Exciano guys, uh, where Chiracta coached for Shiano, and Joe Rossi didn't, but he coached for the guy right after Shiano. Um, there are another couple assistants, so I don't remember off the top of my head, but also players going the other way, where Dunlap is uh, on Rutgers, and um, one of Fleck's early signings, Maya Nahanatu, hmm. has been a multi-year starter along the defensive line for them hmm. um like they're it's a, it's very weird how many it seems random it is a bit random here um but it is what it is so i imagine there will be some motivation some each bad day. blood i don't know how much bad blood because <laughs> i've never heard pj say a bad thing about correction ever but um certainly some motivation you know going both ways uh, even if I find it hard to care about any damage instructors in any sport. Well, you hope you hope it's when it's like a good offensive lineman. You don't you don't you don't think about it until you don't want to. You know, like yeah. If you that, hear too much about a game against Rutgers, it's probably not a good thing. I would agree fully. Um, the other Big Ten games this weekend: Ohio State, Penn State is the big noon game on yep. Fox. Northwestern and Iowa, ESPN two. Dear God. <laughs> Spare uh, me. I, do you do you have the over under in, in front of you for that one? Oh, I can pull it up. Cause do you know it offhand? I uh, it I don't. But it was there were some rumblings a couple weeks ago that this oh might end gosh. up being the lowest in FBS history. It's thirty seven point five. Okay, that's higher than I remember yeah. hearing it might be. I was hearing close to like thirty one. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, that that's not a game that I will be. I guess I will be in Chicagoland, so I might be forced to in a bar or something I might be forced to 
I mean, there are there are Northwestern fans. Yes, yeah, what Chicago. am I talking about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they don't care about Northwestern football. Though there are Iowa fans, obviously. Probably more than North, there are Northwestern fans. Yeah. Illinois and Nebraska plays at the same time in ABC. Now that, that, there's, yeah, that's probably going to be a little more. Yeah. Um, and then the night game is actually somewhat interesting, kind of, but maybe only sort of. Superficially, yes, but spirit, but in, in, in practice, I don't necessarily see that playing out. Yeah, Michigan State goes to Ann Arbor. Always interested in that game, but I don't know how interested I am in this version of that game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what national games are you looking at? Yeah, I've got a few here. Uh, it, I don't think it's a great week on paper. Um, obviously, we'll see how that plays out. Um, I feel like Arkansas and Auburn. Auburn's kind of falling apart, but I think Arkansas, that's kind of a close enough game that it should be interesting. I do really like Illinois at Nebraska. I just think I lost another one-score game last week, but um, I just think Nebraska's good enough to potentially potentially upset. I don't know that they should upset Illinois. Illinois has been playing really well, but I think Nebraska is good enough to credibly pose a credible threat to Illinois, and this division is just wacky enough that it will probably will just happen. <laughs> um, other games, uh, Cincy at UCF is uh, more interesting than it looked several weeks ago. Cincinnati's been playing unexpectedly really well. Not out of nowhere. They have a good coach, but I think that the projections were at the beginning of the year. You know, they lost a lot, and they still did lose a lot, but they've been they've really come around in the last few weeks. You know, there's Kentucky at Tennessee. Uh, Kentucky more of a smash it in your Face kind of team and Tennessee more uh, is going to score a bunch of points on you kind of team. That to me is maybe the most interesting national game this week. It is. I don't think Tennessee I don't think Tennessee, like they never turn it over is kind of the one problem here. I think if like I, I just, it feels like with them because they turn it over so infrequently that it gives Kentucky less of a shot to be in the to stay in the game. You know what I mean? I get that, and, and Kentucky still has their offensive line problems and all that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I it, it is it is a really interesting game. I just think Tennessee is probably a not a not a notch ahead. Oh, I I think they're significantly ahead, but also I I just also the rivalry is great. Yeah, it's a good rivalry, yeah. and Kentucky is good enough, especially if Levis is fine. Is he fine now? Do we know? Ah, uh, I haven't followed the last two weeks. I'm not sure. Okay, he was hurt a couple weeks ago. I don't yeah. know if he's good to go now, but he had a big win over State a week or two ago, so he presum presumably Levis played in that. But if he is good to go at this point, then that becomes a much more interesting prospect. Yeah. Uh, even if I do find it weird how he's being talked about in NFL. Well, he's got a gun. He does have a gun. Uh, you know that? You know, but, like, I, I want to appreciate Will Levis, cool, good college quarterback, not Will Levis, future failed 10th overall pick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I will say this is probably two of the top four quarterbacks you're going to see off the board. Yeah, rare matchup in that regard. Yeah, so. I, I, it doesn't seem like a great prospect, uh, great year outside the top. What two? Probably year? Hooker and Young are probably I'm trying to think of who else. But yeah, Levis is probably will probably get good. Somebody will reach on him. Yeah, I would expect. Let's see. My younger brother will be at Oklahoma Iowa State on mm-hmm. Saturday, eleven o'clock on FS1. 
I, uh, I'll be tailgating, so I won't get a chance to look at that. Coastal and Marshall. Yes. Six o'clock in NFL Network. Yes, and I don't know which Marshall team is going to show up. I don't either, but those are two very, uh, very strong programs. That game is uh, rife, 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 rife with intrigue again, mostly because Marshall is chaotic. <laughs> and, but Coastal's good. Marshall might be good, and Marshall is fully chaotic. So, If you want some chaos, North Carolina's defense is yeah. facing Pittsburgh. Yeah, that was a great game last year, wasn't it? Uh, remembering correct? I don't remember. I think it was Pickett versus Howell or something, and I think it was really... I think it was one of those games where, like, they threw for, like, 5,000 yards or something. Probably. Um, at 630 on ESPN2, I will obviously be watching Baylor and Tech. Tech's going... Not only a blackout, but throwback uniforms. Mm, I haven't seen these. Uh, they're, I mean, they, they break out throwbacks a couple times a year at this point, and they are beautiful every single time. I, I just, I, I love them. <laughs> they need to go back to those uniforms, go back to a flat and double T. Is North Carolina 6-1? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I yeah, got distracted. I, just, I don't know how they've done this. They played nobody, that's how. Okay, it's but, the ACC. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, Miami, Duke... Attack. Yeah, they haven't really... And they had to come back, come from behind against Duke, too. They had to come behind from behind against Duke, App State, Georgia State. They played really close. Yeah, they're... I don't know. And but, Georgia State's not good. No. Uh, and then uh, I do want to point out there are some good FCS matchups this week. Yeah, who we got? Game day is going to Jackson for yeah. Southern and Jackson State. Is Southern good this year, do you know? They're five and two, I think. Okay, so it should be good. Yeah, I, I, and I'll, I would prefer they win that. I don't like Dion. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but also, uh, in 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 the Big Sky, Montana plays Weber State. Uh, Idaho plays Sacramento State. Uh, I think I had one more. Uh, it doesn't look like I do, but I do have a couple other FCS games: Sam Houston State, and Tarleton State, as well as um, Illinois State, North Dakota State couple teams from the Missouri Valley uh, get to see the Annex stats go up against oh. uh, the Bison. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Intrigue, intrigue, intrigue. Looking at St. Thomas's schedule, we have a local team playing very well. <laughs> uh, I guess they play uh, play uh, San Diego at noon, so there you go. Alright. I don't know anything about San Diego other than that Harbaugh coach there, like Josh Johnson. Did Josh Johnson go to Josh school? Johnson went to oh. USD, yeah. Well, there you go. What on earth are we watching in the late slot? Because this part of the day is actually Well, kind of I'll be I'll be I'll be doing music, so I won't be watching anything, but I would probably I mean it's pretty terrible, isn't it? I yeah, mean, like San Jose State Nevada like San Jose State's good, but Nevada isn't. Wyoming at Hawaii won't be good. I almost think it the Middle Tennessee versus UTEP. Is UTEP bad again though? They're okay. They've won, like, three games. But they, one of those losses was UNT, who's not great. And but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I want UTEP to do well at all times. I'm just like, saying, I'm, you asked for a game. I'm trying to give you a game. Yeah. I guess Marshall Coastal is at six, so that'll carry it deep into the night. Michigan State, Michigan will be good for about, that won't be good at all. But like, but like the you know the real I don't want to go to bed and it's midnight games no. like is I'm not watching Stanford UCLA with faded no. breath. No, maybe Ole Miss at A and M will go into seven overtimes. That would be something at least. Yeah. But 
maybe go to bed at a decent hour this week, guys. Yeah. <laughs> or go like or do friends. what I or do what I do and uh, stay out till three and then uh, and then catch an eight o'clock flight the next morning. Yeah, go go, I'll be doing. go see Trey. Yeah, or, like you know, do do something else with your life. I guess <laughs> literally anything else. Uh, but the only thing in your life you have to worry about next week is listening to this podcast. Yep. Um, which will come out uh, a day earlier, because I gotta hit the road uh, next Friday for for Lincoln, Nebraska. We'll have a preview of that game. I have my ticket with me, and uh, we'll talk about the game that uh, is happening this weekend against Rutgers. Is there any last thing you want to mention here? Uh, no. Happy birthday, Aaron and Chandler. Yeah. Happy birthday, uh, Chandler and Aaron.